watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, does that silence it a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass up the middle. Got Tucker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Gregory, touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On The Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, Unica Road, Heard, 96.5 FM, Heard, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, ESPN app, seen, heard, and everything in between at the mighty, glorious, Ready for the holiday shopping season. A delivery guaranteed by Christmas. QSportsTalk.com. That's right, friends. QSportsTalk.com. We'll bring you the takes by Christmas. Guaranteed. Uh, speaking of Christmas, it's uh, that time, folks, where we ponder uh, the, the question we do every year around the holiday season, and that is, what would you get a Wookiee for Christmas if he already owns a comb? I know, it's a tough one. It's a thinker. We're only 10 days away from Christmas Eve, friends, 11 days away from Christmas morning. And um, see, the answer used to be love and understanding and goodwill towards men. And we'll wrap it all up in a bright colored ribbon and we'll give it to him all over again. But I think he's kind of sick of getting love and understanding and goodwill towards men. I think he wants a new Weber grill this year. That's uh, that's what I'm thinking. So there you go. Free uh, Christmas advice. From your friends here on the block. We will uh, talk a little sports today, too. We're glad you're here to do that and to be a part of that. And, um, well, if you're listening to that, that's great. If you're watching on QSportsTalk.com, that is even greater. But remember, you can participate in the chat at QSportsTalk.com throughout the show. You can uh, get the chat within the chat, the show within the show, if you will. When the radio audience heads to commercial break, we keep the camera and the microphone on at QSportsTalk.com and have exclusive conversations with you during radio breaks you can uh, give us a call in the old-fashioned traditional mean at uh, 437-7644 brent axe media on twitter as well lots of ways to take in the show and lots of ways to interact with the show at some point today before six o'clock uh, six o'clock before we sign off we will qualify another sharpshooter out there in central new york that if uh, they can make a three-point shot at this Saturday's Cornell-Syracuse matchup at the JMA Wireless Dome, they will go to another basketball game, an upgrade, if you will, the Duke game on February the 18th, the high-in-demand holiday shopping um, gem, if you will. I'm sure a lot of you are pondering giving those tickets for a 
holiday gift, well, we might be able to take care of that for you. But see, what we're going to ask you to make a three-pointer at the Dome in front of thousands of people. If you can handle that, if you think you can do it, we will qualify somebody for that at some point before uh, we depart stage left at 6 o'clock. We have two terrific guests joining us today, the head coach of your national champion, Syracuse men's soccer squad. Ian McIntyre will join us once again here It'll be nice to talk to Coach McIntyre uh, in a much warmer environment than the last time Coach Mack and I had a conversation two nights ago in 15-degree weather at 2 o'clock in the morning when the team got back from North Carolina. But uh, in any circumstance, great to talk with Coach Mack and can't wait to hear who he's heard from and what life has been like since they got back, how it's settled in, that they're national champions, and the story of how they got here uh, fully Coming to fruition here. Coach Mack coming up here at 4.30. At 5.25, we're going to talk to a gentleman by the name of Nick Carparelli. Now, Nick is currently the executive director of bowl season. He basically is like oversees the bowl games. But Nick is an interesting guy. He used to be a grad assistant at Syracuse. He actually helped recruit Donovan McNabb back in the day was a part of Syracuse football, worked for the Big East Conference in football, worked at Under Armour. Uh, Once upon a time, Sean McDonough was on this show and just basically launched into a, a, how can I put this, a pitch for Nick Carparelli to be the next athletic director at Syracuse University. This was between the Mark Coyle and John Wildhack days, and he's just a guy that knows stuff. And I think he could tell us stuff about what's going on in the world of college football later in the show, including the pinstripe bowl, Syracuse football. He's still a pretty passionate Syracuse fan and has uh, he's got takes. Oh, he's got takes, and he's got great insight into the world of college athletics, name, image, and likeness, and the portal, and the money in sports, and all that. Like, he knows because he makes those kind of decisions behind the scenes. So we'll do that at 525. Looking forward to that. Hot takes, the blind side, some SU football discussion beyond what I'm about to get into you want to talk SU hoops, we can do that as we start to take the step towards Cornell on Saturday. This is not going to be your average Syracuse Cornell game in any way, shape, or form. And the way that Jim Beheim was not happy the other night, some different lineups we should see, and I think we will see starting on Saturday. I don't think Chris Bell is, you know, going to be sent home or anything, but uh, clearly his role looks like it's changing at this point. So we will get into that a little bit. But where I want to start is we kind of have to make a choice on this transfer portal thing. Now, we have choices in life. You don't have to like Brussels sprouts, right? But there are just certain things you got to deal with. By the way, Brussels sprouts uh, are very delicious. Okay, that's one of those things that from, the you know, when you're a kid, you have a certain opinion on things. And when you're an adult, you have a different opinion on things. And I think Brussels sprouts is right up there. Brussels sprouts are lovely when roasted but that's a whole different topic for a different day. The recipe show with Uncle Brent coming up later today. Although we people share a lot of recipes in the Q Sports Talk chat. I'll just say that, but now I'm getting off on a different kind of tangent. But see, the transfer portal, I just, there are certain things that you have to point out its flaws, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's perfect. It is by no means perfect. Name, image, and likeness, the change in sports, which I have made a decision on. I am all for. I have advocated for name, image, and likeness for years. I can recognize its flaws. I can point out some things that probably need to change, and everybody kind of points at the NCAA or certain oversight that has to be put on this, and that's not always the answer to this. I'm just glad 
that it exists. I am happy the transfer portal exists because what that represents is something that athletes have needed for years, and that is options, choices, being fully able to choose where they go, market themselves, and cash in on something that, you know, the system, if you will, has cashed in on for years. They're getting what they have deserved for a long time, and I'm going to use that word. People overuse that word. I'm going to use it. They have deserved for a long time. It comes with flaws. It comes with change. Change is messy. People don't like change. And by the way, hand up right here. I'm one of them, okay? I'm very stubborn in certain things in life, as I'm sure you are, right? But you have to make a choice sometimes. And do you try and change the system, or do you try and use it best to its advantage? Those that are out there advocating, for example, to change our health care system, I will you know, back them up every step of the way. It's going. It's a long fight. It's a challenge that seems impossible to overcome, but is worth fighting. There are certain systems and things in place in more important things in life that are worth fighting as much as that seems like an uphill battle that never ends. The transfer portal and the latest example being, okay, Deuce Chestnut yesterday. It happened right at the end of our show yesterday. And look, my analysis of that on the, the three seconds we had to talk about it because we learned about it right at the end of the show. And a tweet that I put out there, which I it spawned an interesting conversation about this thing. There's no question that that's a big blow. You're losing one of your starting cornerbacks from last year. Deuce teamed with Garrett Williams, who's also on his way out to go to the National Football League draft, which inevitably helps Syracuse, right, when you're producing more NFL talent because the more NFL talent you produce, the more NFL talent you attract, right? You have to show that you provide a pathway to the National Football League, and Syracuse does that. So that's good, but when they leave early, that was see, that's where this started. When players in both football and basketball started leaving early, people say, ah, that ain't college sports. Stay four years. You got a scholarship. That's all you need. Like how many people just bitched and moaned about that for years? That someone dared to leave early. And then the one and done era came in and all these things that I get in a way people identify as college sports and why they watch college sports has been stripped from them. That's a conversation well worth having. I don't disagree with you. But that's where we're at. Okay. And if you think that's a fight worth fighting to change that system back, I'm here to tell you that toothpaste out of the tube and you're not getting it back in there. What makes college sports, boy, we could do a whole show about this, but at the heart of it, you root for the, the program. You root for Syracuse University. The individuals that come through always change and come and go. It just happens at a more rapid pace these days. Because why? Because those athletes have options. They have choices. Right? To call a deuce chestnut, just an example here. Maybe that, I'll, I'll read you uh, just one tweet that I got about this. Uh, let's see here. Give me a sec to pull it up. I'm not tied to the players. I support the program, not individual players. Much of the current generation are about themselves, and that's pretty evident with someone like Deuce if you followed his actions the past two years. That's from at Steve, who in one tweet is actually brilliant and also boneheaded. 
The brilliant part of that tweet is root for the program. Support the team. Support Syracuse University. Where Steve loses me is when he talks about this generation and they're all about themselves. That's exactly what an 18 to 22-year-old kid in college should be about themselves. They should be selfish. That's the point. When you get later in life and you have people you're looking out for, family, right, that's different. But the illicit purpose of college is you to better your life. Now, maybe you're going to college to not only better your life and your family's lives. There's stories that build from this. But see, yeah, the answer is yes. They should be selfish. They're there to do what's best for them. That's the point. Do you think now they get scholarships and get advantages that others do not? I'm not here to discredit that. But that's exactly why somebody goes to college, at least in theory, right? As the great chef from South Park once sang, there's a time and a place for everything, children. It's called college. Exactly. Part of that process now is somebody like Deuce Chestnut can say, you know what, maybe Syracuse isn't for me. And I have this option. I have this transfer portal where I can bet on myself and maybe go to a better situation. I'm not here to tell Deuce Chestnut what to do because at the end of the day, it's his choice. Now, if Deuce Chestnut just wants to play somewhere where he's going to play in a league with good quarterbacks, good receivers, and play in front of NFL scouts and provide a pathway to the National Football League, he had that here. But something else happened. Maybe it was the departure of Tony White. Maybe he seeks opportunities in the name, image, and likeness world at a bigger school, if you will, air quotes, that would provide him more money, more exposure. He's certainly getting the playing time. Whatever that is, that's fine. I'm sorry if that inconveniences you as a fan that they lost a starting cornerback, but see, out of one side of our mouths, we're talking about all this system and it sucks and the portal and this and that, and then you get, say, a cornerback from Nebraska yesterday, or you get a Garrett Schrader Along the line, like, yes, the portal. You have to do use the system best to your advantage. Stomping around and bitching and moaning about it. It's just not going to do anything. How do you best use the portal to your advantage as much as it has taken away some of the fabric of college sports, which I'm here to tell you, college sports, as we know and love it, is dead. It, it died a long time ago. This didn't happen recently. They're not examining the body. It's been in the graveyard for years. But you can still make it about certain things that make it feel like college sports. That's, I think, more on you than the darn system. So Deuce is the latest example of this. Syracuse has not been hit as hard by the portal as other schools have. They've lost nine players so far. We'll see where it goes. They'll have enough people to play in the pinstripe bowl. For those that are like, we're not even going to have a roster. They're a little thin at cornerback, not going to lie. Now, the interesting thing is, is our Brian Higgins reported earlier today, Jeremiah Wilson pulled a Grandpa Simpson. He went in the portal, and he's now out of the portal. Perhaps Deuce Chestnut going into the portal said, oh, well, hold on a second. Maybe I shouldn't do this. See, and this is a good thing because options are a good thing in life. Choices are a good thing in life. It feels good when they pick you, when they say Syracuse is the place for me. 
doesn't feel so good when they put up the fancy Photoshop graphic on social media that says they're departing Syracuse. That stings. That doesn't feel good, particularly when it's a player of the talents of Deuce Chestnut. But to me, I made a choice. And I said, I am for this, and I have to stick with that. It's not that I can't say you can't analyze how Dino Babers and company responds to this, right? And you can convince me it is just as important to have somebody on your staff that is an ace with the transfer portal as it is to have, say, a great recruiter like a Nick Monroe, for example. I think that is, if it's not even, it's getting close. I would say within the next few years, it's going to be more important to have somebody on your staff that knows the portal, can navigate the portal, and react in a short window of time here to get and identify great players to convince them to come to Syracuse. And the the advantage with the portal is you've seen them. You know them. Establishing prior relationships is important. That's something we talked about earlier. That made it easier for a Cole Swider, for example, to come to Syracuse, assign your Torrance to come to Syracuse. A few players, uh, our friend Dom had a great phone call about this yesterday that they had recruited and kept in touch with and now could be easier to bring in because you know who they are. You can react. You can call them on the phone. It's like, you fit here. We know you. We recruited you. Come on in. Choices, options in life are a good thing. They're a good thing. As frustrating as it is to lose certain players, you can, you know, hand ring it all you want and just be like, why would he feel that way? Well, because he feels that way. And for a player like Deuce, I think it's going to work out. I think he's going to go somewhere where he's going to play, where he's going to be recognized. And yeah, I think there's some fair analysis about some big plays that gave up this year. But I would also say he probably had to hold up a lot more of the bargain than he thought when some injuries happened in that secondary. He's still a second-year player, and that kid's going to play in the National Football League. So you want that to be from Syracuse. Deuce Chestnut in the second round. The Los Angeles Chargers select Deuce Chestnut, Syracuse University. You want that on the screen. So that stings. I get that. But ultimately, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. The portal's a good thing. It can help you, but when it hurts you, it stings. Options are a good thing. People bemoan the current state of college athletics, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's flawless, and I'm going to put my feet up on the desk and be like, yep, nothing to see here. This is great. But I think it's better than what we had. I do. As long as you (laughs) take advantage of it. See, you can have the portal. You can have name, image, and likeness, and you can completely botch how you use those things. That's an entirely different argument. How Syracuse is using those things, we can have a conversation about that, but I'd rather they be there than not, right? So, look, I'm spitting in the wind in a way here. People are going to say what they're going to say and call people selfish and and do what they do on social media because someone dared to leave your school. And then it's just, I don't want to say there's nothing I can do about that, but I I can at the very least do this and maybe change a few minds on it and, and broaden some perspectives on this. But I just would say to those people, Okay, you just have to have the same opinion when Syracuse gains somebody out of the portal, right? I'd say that's fair, right? That might sound a little uh, too simple, a little too black and white. We're very much in the gray area here, but I don't know. I just I see a lot of hypocrisy out there. And by the way, I'm putting my hand up here. I probably have fallen into that trap myself. But uh, 
Would you rather have it or not? If you'd rather not have it and go back to how we did things back in you know, 1986, then, I mean, my old Nintendo still works. I can plug it into the TV and it still works, but we've, we've kind of evolved past that. Maybe I feel like it was better back in the day than Tecmo Bowl, but then if I actually sat down and learned how to play Madden and learned the intricacies of it and learned the upgrades in life that have been there, I would probably enjoy it. But, see, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> so I get it. In a way, there are just certain things like, no, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But we're not playing the games. We're not going to school. We're not being selfish. And in this case, being selfish, that's the point. Going to college is to better yourself, your life, and set a career path for you. If others benefit from that, terrific. Not to say that making connections, which is very important in life, is a good thing and forging relationships with teammates, but here's what I pay attention to. Are there exceptions to the rule? Sure. But when a player goes into the portal, look how his teammates react. If his teammates react like, Psh, you know, you can kind of read between the lines even with emojis these days, it's probably better that player left. But for the most part, what you see is encouragement, good for you, something along the lines of, hey, you do you. And if that's how they feel, then I kind of take a, a, a cue from that. How about that? Taking on knowledge and taking a, a direction from 18 to 22-year-olds. We have a certain opinion. We think we know better, but they have a choice. They have an option here, right? I, I know I'm getting philosophical on you here, but I just feel like in a short period of time, this has been normalized. We have to expect it. We can't just, it's almost like recruiting. You cannot go all in on one player now and just think the world's going to end because a certain player left you or you didn't get a certain player. The options that all these things provide, everybody can take advantage of it. It's just how you take advantage of it. If you're not good at that, well, that's an entirely different conversation to have. On that note, we will break and uh, anticipating a conversation with uh, Syracuse men's head soccer coach, national champion, Ian McIntyre. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Hello, welcome. We're glad you're here. My name is Brent. We talk sports. It's presented by Burdick BMW. Don't forget uh, that Wegman's Lights on the Lake is, is back, baby. How could you forget that? But I'll remind you anyway. LightsOnTheLake.com. That's the website, and you want to go there to get your tickets ahead of time because, well, you have to. <laughs> we don't do ticket sales at the gate. It's more convenient that way anyway. You got it. You don't have to worry about it. Boom, boom, boom. You get there, and you go. Just 20 bucks, and that's per car load, and a $10 gift card for a Delta Sonic car wash as well. LightsOnTheLake.com. It's happening now through January, and it's that holiday tradition just to 11 shopping days away, friends, but you don't have to go 
you can go when you, we actually, uh, our new tradition for Lights on the Lake, we ended up going usually after Christmas, which is, you know, if you want to go before Christmas to get in that spirit, that's great. It's there for you. But uh, just the way things end up, some family that comes in and everything, that's actually come, become like a Christmas vacation tradition for us to head through Lights on the Lake. No matter what your tradition is, make sure you get on back to Wegman's Lights on the Lake and enjoy the beautiful light show at lightsonthelake.com to grab your tickets. You know, I wanted to get into football here, but we were just talking about this during the Q Sports Talk break, and it merits a couple minutes here. How in the world did Sean Miller get nothing from Arizona in that situation and everything going on? There's just certain people that just, no matter what, never get caught. And you know they're guilty as hell, Okay. All politics aside, look at the number of people that have worked for Trump that have gone to jail, and that guy skates. Look at, we were joking about this during the break. Mike Waters brought this up on Twitter. How many people that have worked for John Dutton in Yellowstone? This is fictional now, but uh, it, the, the theory applies. That end up, if you watch uh, Yellowstone, you know what we're talking about here. That end up going to the train station. All these assistant coaches that have worked for Sean Miller that have gotten some kind of sanction or in trouble or have been punished in some way, shape, or form. How do they come back with nothing? And I know I'm going to come back to this, but it's worth coming back to this. Yet Jim Beheim has his wins taken away, has scholarships taken away. They probably would have banned them from the postseason. Syracuse took itself out of the postseason, but the NCAA would have done that. It feels like to me, and I could be wrong on this, but it's certainly one of the last significant NCAA cases because the NCAA just doesn't do anything anymore. They don't punish anybody anymore. They have this new system in which they look at sanctions, and it's just, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It's always been a joke. It didn't get exposed that way fully until it feels like after Syracuse got hit for stuff in retrospect and all these other uh, programs and coaches. It's like, it's the great line from Office Space. What is it you do here? Because you're not enforcing the rules. Your rules are a joke anyway. The NCAA's credibility has just been completely destroyed. The last stand for the NCAA of any credibility whatsoever was on the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness and all that stuff. And they just, you know, basically with name, image, and likeness in July of, what was it, last summer? Feels like years ago, but it was last summer. They just turned on the fire hose for name, image, and likeness. Okay, here it is. And July 1st, you can do it. Go. We're like, what, what? No, wait a minute. And they've been trying to figure it out since then, and there's so much toothpaste out of the tube that it's just become what we're seeing right now. I love name, image, and likeness. I like the transfer portal, but you'd be a fool not to see there are major flaws in both of those things. So it's easy to point at the big, bad NCAA and blame them because, remember, the NCAA is the schools themselves. Yeah, there's a uh, physical manifest manifest. I can't say that word. There's a physical uh, building in Indianapolis. There's a president who makes a ton of money. They're about to name the new NCAA president, by the way, sometime soon, because Mark Emmer is stepping down. So we'll see who wants that gig. I mean, you're going to pay me $2 million to be bad at my job. Sign me up. And you can save your jokes about how much they pay me here to be bad at my job. Somewhere uh, Paul Sibilia is making that joke as we speak. So I'll just beat him to that. But... How does Sean Miller just skate here with nothing? Just There's just certain people in life, and you know how slimy they are, and they just get away with it every time. 
back to football. So, yeah, the Deuce Chestnut transfer, that one stings. That's significant. Some are more significant than others. It's interesting to say, though, that with nine players in the portal as we speak, actually it's eight now because Jeremiah Wilson came back. And how about that? So Syracuse cornerback Jeremiah Wilson, as our Brian Higgins reported earlier today, in the portal, back out of the portal, pulled a Grandpa Simpson. So I would be interested to talk to him to be like, okay, what's the thought process there? Because as much as the portal offers an opportunity to better yourself, to go elsewhere, you can make mistakes. You can end up somewhere. It's like, this is not what I thought it would be. And that's the process of playing college athletics. Anyway, the transfer portal just accelerates that. You can go somewhere without punishment at the very least at least once. Where Before, you used to have to wait a year just to go through that process and play. Now it's just like collect go, collect $200, pass go, and into the portal and onto your new school you are. But he decides to come back. Was it as simple as, yeah, Deuce left, and that opened up a spot, and I'm going to play? People have been talked out of things at the last minute. There's a process there. So at the very least, I like that he had the option to come back and do it. Now, with the players that have come in and out of the portal, what Syracuse is gaining there, I mean, you gain a player, yes, in Ingram with a little bit of an injury history, but if he can come here and be healthy, that's a guy that was good enough for Alabama that has now chosen Syracuse. You had Gould, the cornerback from Nebraska, who's got three years of eligibility left. See, it's one thing to bring in that guy that's like, okay, bing, bang, boom, one year. Let's see what we can squeeze out of him there. But to get somebody that still has a number of years that they can invest in you and be a part of you, and is that going to be an even trade? Like A lot of people are fearful that Deuce Chestnut's – fearful is not the right word, but and you shouldn't be fearful of this, but a lot of people are saying, well – doesn't it fit that, say, maybe Deuce goes to Nebraska? You put two and two together, he certainly wasn't happy with Tony White leaving the program and going to Nebraska. I wouldn't blame him if he came here, got connected with a certain coach, and by the rules of the game can go be with that coach. Ultimately, what you choose as a player, yes, you are looking at the university and academics, try not to laugh, and a number of things that ultimately lead you to the decision of where you go play. But the top of that list, particularly in college athletics, is coach. The coach matters the most. That's who you're connecting with. That's the person who sells you on it. And it's not just the head coach. Sometimes it's who recruited you. It's a defensive coach. It's a Nick Monroe, say, who's out there killing it in what I like to call Christmas tree season. You get the photos, you visit the recruits this time of year. I mean, you got to do it in front of the Christmas tree or just don't do it at all, right? Don't even bother with that picture unless it's in front of the tree. That's what I say. Or or Hanukkah or whatever uh, that you particularly celebrate. Like, come on. But if there's a Christmas tree in the house and you don't pose in front of that thing, then just don't even tweet it, okay? Don't even go there. This is a fascinating time because... Okay, you're preparing for a bowl game. You're getting those extra practices in, which is also kind of a peak over into next season. You're starting to formulate 2023. You get an extra 15 practices to do that on top of spring ball. You have that. You have a defensive coordinator you have to find. Thankfully, in Syracuse's case, they had a ready-made, here we go, literally 10 minutes later after we found out Robert and I had taken the job at NC State. 
you think immediately, well, Jason Beck's there, just give him the gig, and they did. Okay. Recruiting. Yeah, we're a week away, a week from today. You know what today that is? That's early signing day. You're wrapping up that. You're getting offers in. You're getting commitments. you got Swag Daddy and company out there posing in front of the Christmas trees, as we were talking about. Now the portal's open. Players in and out of the portal. How do we react to that? What's our ready-made list of all? Because it, I'll give Syracuse this. They have reacted instantly to some of those players that have gone into the portal. Maybe the process of some of those players coming in would have happened anyway. But when you hear that a Deuce Chestnut went into the portal and you have a gold coming in from Nebraska, I'm not saying he's a plug-and-play guy. I had somebody respond to me on Twitter who covers Nebraska and was a radio host out there. And cause the tweet that I had about Deuce Chestnut was that one thing that stings there is that you're you're losing. You know, he's an NFL-level talent, in my, in my opinion. I wish I could give credit here. I'm just lost in a sea of tweets these days. We've gotten a lot of response from some of the things we've tweeted in recent days, humble brag. But I want to give this guy credit because he said, look, you're getting a player back who's an NFL-level talent. That's just looking for an opportunity to play. Didn't quite work here, but you got a good one. So does that end up being an even trade? So for all of the angst of the portal this and NIL that and Syracuse doing what they need to do, it appears that in the past few days they have. And we've got, let's see, the portal opened Monday officially, and that's a 45-day window it's open. Like, this process will continue. And by the way, it opens up again in May. There's two sessions of this. Carlos Del Rio Wilson is an example of that. He came to Syracuse in May of last year. So when they say recruiting never stops... You can apply that to pretty much everything now. And I'll say this again. I don't think we're there yet, but we're going to get there sooner rather than later where your knowledge, how you navigate, and this may have already happened and I just haven't seen it. It would almost be worth it to you to have a staff, not just a person, a literal staff that's dedicated to the portal alone. That's how important that thing's going to become. Now, I saw one the other day. One of the, and I'm going to forget names here, so I don't want to get the names wrong, but there was a picture that was tweeted out, and it was like a staff, which included, by the way, Paul Pascaloni's daughter. Didn't know that. Didn't know she worked here. That's great. That basically was like, here's our transfer portal crew, the people that track the portal, that organize all this and put it in front of the coaches when they've got a strike. Right. So they, it's not like they got caught off guard by this, but a lot of those people are also doing other stuff. You might get to the point, even though it's only open for, I think, a total of what, 60 days? I could be off a little bit there. Recruiting's important, but finding the right people in the portal, navigating the portal, separating who you, because Coach McIntyre just said it. Dino Babers will say the same thing. It's not just getting. Okay, all right, let's go to the list here, and uh, here's guy number one. I'll go get him. No, you got to bring in the right fit. That's Some people think that's, you know, just hooey, but I totally understand that. And you want to bring in talent. There's a five-star player ready to jump right in and help your team. Like, yeah, you can say you can, you can take your culture and shove it where the sun don't shine. That guy runs a 4 But 
a lot of that is, do you fit here? Not only by how you play football, but what kind of person are you? Are you going to come in and mess up my locker room? Like all these decisions you've got to make and process and go through. The advantage, though, of the portal is you've got film of them most of the time. The stigma, see, it used to be if you went in the in the portal or if you were transferring at all before the word transfer portal existed, well, something's wrong, right? There was some skepticism that came with that. Jim Beheim for years was very selective with transfers. He had one of the lowest transfer rates of any college coach. You could go years without somebody transferring in, right? But when they did, it was significant. Like when, I'm going to go old school on here, but like when a LaRon Ellis comes from Kentucky, when a Wes Johnson comes, and it, the, the rate picked up from there, Michael Benajay and, and the names that have come in, I'm going to forget a few here. But man, there, there was a time when you could count on one hand in a decade how many players would transfer in. Now, that's like, you know, you can count on one hand in a week somebody that could transfer to you in one offseason. How you navigate the portal may be more important than recruiting. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. Like, that gap is closing fast. Let's break on the note. We're going to keep the football conversation going, and we're going to chat with a guy who you may have heard of. Okay, I've heard of that guy. But what exactly is it that he does? Well, we'll ask him that next. Nick Carparelli coming up, the executive director of Bowl Season and somebody who has been there and done that in many facets of the college football world. Stay right there.